Welcome everybody, it's great to have you along uh, for our uh, second installment of the Who You Come Home podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week with Dr. Alistair Reese as we walked along State Highway 45. Um, so far there's been some good feedback from it, so uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, called J10A, uh, um, and in this week, in this interview, um, I'm sitting down in the early hours of the morning with Brad Harmy. <laughs> There's some pretty funny stuff going on because it's late in the morning, but um, or early in the morning, I should say. But uh, look, I'm I'm interviewing Brad, and the reason for that is because um, I first came across Alastair and Brad at the same time, roughly and heard them speak at the same time way back in 2008. And so as I began this podcast, I wanted to start with Ali and I wanted to start with Brad. Brad is a an incredible, knowledgeable man um, when it comes to mātauranga Māori, when it comes to Māori knowledge, and it, where it comes to some of the history of the Māori world, particularly with his own people, um, Ngāti Awa. Um, and uh, he's just like a walking encyclopedia. Now, in this interview, I actually asked Brad to tell a story, and a lot of it I'd never heard before. Um, so one of the things to look out for in this interview is really what is it like for a Māori person to become a follower of Jesus? Now, Christianity is in Aotearoa is mixed up with the story of colonization, and a lot of Māori don't understand Christianity and don't want to come close to Christianity because of its association with colonization. And as in the first half of Brad's interview, you can really, really hear that and pick that up as as he had to negotiate it, what it meant for him to be Māori and then to come in contact with his Christian story. So it's, it's, there's some fascinating insight in that, really. Um, in the second part of the interview, uh, we sort of talk a bit more deeply about what the good Lord might be saying to New Zealand at this time. And in particular, we bring a, he brings a bit of a focus back to creation and the story of the natural world. So, uh, look, I, I hope you enjoy it. I, I really have uh, enjoyed doing it, as you'll see, uh, and I have enjoyed listening back to this interview and think that this one really is a keeper uh, with some cool insights in it. So, uh, yeah, kia ora koutou, and I hope you enjoyed, um, hope you enjoyed this one. Here we go, bro. Here we go. Well, kia ora, Brad. I'm Kira Jay. <laughs> so we've got to make sure that um, these things are sort of getting... So where's the mic? The mic's right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Down there. So, uh, yeah, we're talking into good old iPhone. So, Brad, who, who are you, bro? Where are you from? What's your name? Oh, you... okay. So, uh, yeah, so my name is Bradford Joseph Teapatuo Terangi Makahami. That's first time I've ever, that's the first time I've ever heard your full name. Bro. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And so I'm from while well, originally from Fakatani. I always say Fakatani first because that's where I was brought up. And that's in the area of Natiawa. And right. um because my my mother's mother was Natiawa. And so I always say that's where I'm from first. And speak um, a bit louder, bro. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, my name's Brad Hami, I'm from Whakatani, um, and I'm Ngātiawa, I live in Auckland, in West Auckland now, um, and believe in Jesus, 
Oh, get out of here. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Man, me too, bro. Yeah, yeah. 30 million. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, man, how, like, so did you always believe in Jesus? Like, um, we we were brought up as Catholics. Oh, really? So, yeah, our families were Catholics, and we were descendants of ancestors who listened to Pompalier. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Fakatani, they were very staunch Catholic. Um, so, very quickly, who was Pompalier? So, Pompalier was a Catholic. Missionary who travelled around New Zealand around the treaty period of time. Jean Baptiste. Yep, and then the those Napoli followers dug him up <laughs> because he was buried in a pauper's grave in France <laughs> or wherever, and then they brought him back here. That's right. Yes, and he's buried up in uh, up in the Hokianga. So he he baptised quite a lot of our ancestors from uh, Natiawa, and also from the South Island. My grandfather's people in the oh, South right. Island as well. So yeah, we were. Brought up as Catholics and kind of knew a lot about Mary. Oh, yeah. And Jesus was only a little baby. Oh, yeah. He, he, you know. He oh, was, and then he he died was of, once, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But we <laughs> heard more about him as a baby. And, oh, no, then, then you go to church and, he, he, you know, the Stations of the Cross and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, really? Oh, so you grew, you grew up with an understanding of the Stations of the Cross? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Look, did. guys, I'm, I've known this guy for years and I'm learning stuff tonight. <laughs> By yeah. the way, it is... Uh, 20 past 12 in the morning. Yep. So uh, forgive us if this gets a bit dreary at some point, but hey, hang in there. That's a good time in Māori's talk, talk tapu <laughs> stuff at night time. Welcome to uh, the uh, West Auckland Wānanga yeah, yeah. at Brad's place. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but I um, had a, a grandmother who prayed a lot, and she always prayed for us, you know, that we'd get good wives. Right. And, well, that you happened. Know, that, that happened. I was in a car accident and she knew I was in a car accident and I never told her and she'd been praying. Oh, and, really? You know, and yeah, I believe that I was, I didn't die because of her prayers, you know, stuff Get like that. Get out of here. Yeah. How old were you? Oh, 21 or something. Oh. And, um, but she, you know, and so in those times we shifted to Australia and a lot of family stuff went down and a lot of, you know, our family became born again Christians. In Australia, in Australia, and in Fakatani too, because there was a whole charismatic movement happening yeah. in the in the Catholic Church, uh, yeah, and yep. the Pentecostalism. Okay, but the only thing was that most of my generation, you know, family, we thought they were all crazy. Yeah, they were just yeah. doing weird, stupid things. <laughs> you know, like you know, give their hearts to Jesus, and then you're not a Maori anymore. So they go go home and rip up all the photo albums and. Burn all the papers and anything uh, Māori, just burn it all. Oh, really? And, and I'm going, are you guys crazy? No way. You know, and everything was demon this and demon that. And um, what year? What year? Like this is in the eighties, eighties, mid eighties. The good news eighties. Yeah. So I just never ever wanted to be like that. And um, did that like did when you say be like that, you mean you didn't want to be Christian like that, or you didn't want to? Which yeah, I didn't want to be... That turned you off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Because I suppose I was more culturally minded so, yeah. than anyone else in, in lots of ways. Bef- so before you go on with the Christian story, so, I mean, I I, did, I actually didn't know you were raised Catholic. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. So obviously that was a part of your family story, but obviously within your family story as well is a you know, very strong Māori roots, very much connected to your... Fuck a papa and stories and stuff like that. So, yep. 
like what was happening in that regard at the same time? Were you oh, well, we, um, so as I said, we were brought up as Catholics, so we went to Catholic school, went to Mass all the time, you know, we had the priests come to our house and then some of them went to jail for, you know, fiddling with kids and things like that. <laughs> but none of us ever got kind of, you know, touched that way, which was, you know, grace of God, really. Right. Um, but in the same token, I, like I can remember, we always talking papa all the time. So we knew who we were, you yeah. know, like even all our Pākehā genealogies, we always, you know, he, would hear the stories. Yeah. So there's lots of talk going on. And then my grandfather was very strong on that. Some I don't know, some sort of alarm going off in the background. There you go, it's finished. Oh. And um, anyway, so we had a lot of papa kind of talk in our family and whale riding. I remember, you know, they talk <laughs> about whale riding like this. And so, okay, that's normal. Then riding a whale is kind of normal. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> One of my aunties, she rode well when she was 12, so we all thought that's normal. And um, and you're not joking there, are you? No, no, that's for real. <laughs> Free willy, folks. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, so, I mean, we didn't have too much to do with marais too much. Right. Because, um, oh, I'm not too sure why. Hmm. Um, and, um, and then my grandfather was heavy into genealogy and history and, you know, books with tapu. Right. So he right. had this whole library of Māori books in our house, but none of us were allowed to touch it really because right. it was all tapu right. Right. and um, things like that. So, but I got interested. I was kind of interested in it, in those cultural things more than say my brothers were. Yeah. Okay. And um, I suppose I inherited kind of the um, the mantle, I suppose, to hold on to that stuff. Right. Right. And yeah, so So you you obviously then carried that and then you're you know, going through the eighties and you're seeing this crazy Christian Catholic Penty stuff happening. Yeah, when we were teenagers, so yeah. we you know, there was a time where we our family shifted to Australia after my grandfather died. Yeah. Because my dad had been living there. And um uh so our families kind of thought about, you know, taking a new path. Yeah. And uh so some of my aunties and my mum and them and different family members over there, they all gave their hearts to the Lord. But it was a pretty crazy time where family divisions occurred in all of the staff. And, yeah, right. And then they all turned to the church. and But they were all psycho, man. You know, <laughs> from my point of view, they all of us young guys, because we were only teenagers then, we were watching all the adults whose lives yeah, are just right. totally yeah. psycho. Right. Then they turn to Jesus and start trying to tell us to be good people. Right. And you right. were watching them right. being totally psycho. Right. Right. And so I didn't, I don't, you know, we sit there and go, man, if that's what Jesus is about, then we don't want that. Yeah. Right. Actually. Right. And because some of the ways they used to treat people were just like unmouldy. Right. Or, uh, you know, so if after a while, right. anything right. mouldy was evil. So. Yeah, okay. They'd go home and start to try and destroy all the photo albums yeah. and destroy all anything with Maori language in it, and right. um, you know, as if you had to lose. And now, now what's happened is their kids, grandkids, great grandkids don't know anything about who they are. Right. They don't have anything to hold on to. Wow, you know, because 
you know, the crazy Pentecostal parents burnt it all, you know, wow. and tried to destroy it all. Wow. And um, that was because they, I suppose they were told that, you know, all that stuff's demon, demonistic and stuff, you know. But but I, but I in my heart, yeah. they always knew Jesus was real. Huh. I just didn't want him that way. Right. Right, know? okay. So, um, so what, like, what happened where... Oh, so what happened was, I was at my grandmother's and Rob Wheeler. So Rob Wheeler was an old New Zealand evangelist um, from years a year ago. I don't know if I ever met him. Yeah, he he happened to be staying in the house at the back of my grandmother's place in Whakatani because he was looking after a local church there. And one day we sparked up a conversation and I just said to him, so why should I actually follow your Bible when I've got all my own Māori ethics and value systems and yeah. and everything and history all in place? I don't need some other culture's yeah. cultural worldview or a good book reasonable question. to actually you know inform <coughs> and control our worldview. Right. And oh, Rob God. goes. Oh, that's a pretty amazing question. Like this. Well, anyway, we had a seven-hour conversation in his house. No way. Seven uh, hours. Seven hours about history and stuff. And no way. at the end of the conversation, I said, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll follow you, Jesus." <laughs> really? And um, the end of a seven. That's that. Like, if you don't know Brad, that's so Brad Harming. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, well, he was doing most of the talking anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just like God knows you to a T, a seven hour. Yeah. Okay, Brett, yeah. He needs a seven hour conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of convincing going around through history and all this sort of thing. Oh, <coughs> and, and Rob knew his stuff. Knew. Oh, yeah, he, he knew his stuff very well. I really respected him, actually. Wow. Because he was able to ask questions, answer a question in a way that, well, no one else. Wow. Could actually have said it, you know? Wow, bro. And um, so I said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll follow your Jesus. I'll see you later, eh? And then I walked out of his house. <laughs> <laughs> he went to my grandmother's and had chops and eggs and cabbage for dinner. <laughs> oh, so good. And, um, and I suppose... Uh, I can't believe I've never heard this story. This is awesome. Yeah, that's how. I mean, we. I used to read a lot of that stuff and read a lot of Maori stuff with the Korti and all those guys, and and um, you know, I was drawn to biblical yeah. stuff, but I didn't really understand it. Yeah, you would just read it and go, "Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool," but I don't really know what it's actually saying. Yeah, and then, um, but really, it didn't. It wasn't until I got married, met Selena, and we both had encounters with. Being in a Christian world, right. but it wasn't until we got married ninety seven that we decided we would actually commit our lives and our marriage yeah, okay. to Jesus because we felt that was the only way it was going to get us yeah, okay. um, on a track that was wasn't going to be like our parents and aunties and yeah, uncles right. and you know violent families and yeah, things right. like that. Right. And so we've kind of um, stayed on that track ever since. Was that um, was, 
Was that hard? Hard to do? Like, was that embarrassing to say, say that to your family or say that to the people that knew the Brad Army? Like, that oh. he, hey, you know that, you know that whole Jesus stuff was. Yeah. I'm now. Want to learn from? No, this way? I think um, it wasn't hard. Um, okay. oh, I didn't wasn't too public about it. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of my workmates they all kind of knew I was that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, but not exactly sure what that kind of looked like. And um, a lot of my family anyway had, if they weren't Catholic, they were charismatic Catholics, or they were had become born again anyway. Yeah. Um, so it was just a normal progression <laughs> wow. for whatever term. Although one of my bros, you know, um, I remember when I was with Selena and they, I was introducing them to my workmates who are all these true blue Maldives <laughs> that you, you know, if you're marrying someone who's not Maldi, you're diluting the blood, all that kind of thing. Right, right, <laughs> right. And one of the bros goes, says to Selena, so Selena, <laughs> where do you go when you die? Like this, <laughs> and I'm going. What kind of question is that? He's trying to go Hawaii. You know, do you go to Hawaii? Or <laughs> I think Selena said heaven. <laughs> you know, just weird conversations like that. You know, <laughs> do you go to Hawaii? Yeah, do you go to Hawaii? Yeah, go to Hawaii. <laughs> Oh, and then for a while we went to a um, when we we lived in Wellington before we were married, and actually we 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 ended up hooking up with this little little church, um, that was pretty crazy. We worked out <laughs> and um, and uh, got baptized in in uh, the Wellington Harbour in the middle of winter. Oh, get out of here! You said really? Yeah, yeah. Selena and I, we were wearing wetsuits. So <laughs> <laughs> but this, these guys free willy but these guys were like you know they, they'd walk down the street in uh, mainstream Wellington on a Friday night you know with dressed up as Jesus with a cross you know marching through town and, and uh, the guys in the church would be dressed up oh man in, in army uniforms with balaclavas <laughs> on and they'd be smashing him you know <laughs> and then at the same time they're preaching love at the same time on the street love you know, with a gun all this sort of thing, and we go, man, this is just uh, pretty extreme. <laughs> Classic, bro. Oh, and, they, and they go and pray, you know, you need to pray in the morning, so we all turn up at the church and pray, and the guys would be praying in tongues and things, but I didn't really know what tongues was, so I'd just sit in the corner and go, like this joke, I couldn't keep it up for too long. <laughs> And there's all these other guys here all praying in tongues and things, eh? and I'm just kind of chatting away to myself. <laughs> okay, man, this is crazy. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, uh, and then we just came, we got married, and, um, you know, Selena declared her uh, life for Jesus at the wedding. And um, how did that make you feel? Oh yeah, good. She was crying and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. And did she go like, "Oh shoot, I better, I better do it too"? Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> no. no, not really. But yeah. she needed to do that and yeah. um, all of that kind of thing. And then we lived 
we stayed in Auckland and we searched for a church to go to. Yeah. And then we went to Victory Christian Church. And I'm going, Lord, what are we doing here? You know, with all these, um, you know, older generation Pākehā people, you know, bawled people. <laughs> okay, what am I doing? He does, he does love you, like seriously. Yeah, yeah. And and God said to me, well, I need you to stay here to learn to get on with people who are not Māori. Oh. Like this. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I sat, I sat at the back of the church for 18 months and didn't talk to anyone. <laughs> and then... <laughs> so there was there some Maoris there, and I remember we went for a trip to um, Sydney. Oh no, not Sydney to uh, Gisborne. Yeah, we went close, for a trip. Right. Yeah, we went for a trip to Gisborne with the Maori people at the church, <laughs> and then I, and there was a little poor hitty, so I got up and spoke, and then I said, you know, this is awesome. I come all the way to Gisborne to you know speak in Maori to you guys, but also to meet my own pastor because I haven't actually met him before. <laughs> So I've been going to his church for like 18 months, two years, and I've never actually talked to him. <laughs> there were too many people at the church and like, oh, yeah, who, who is this guy anyway? <laughs> and Max always laughs, eh? <laughs> that's how he met me in Gisborne. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's just something crazy about that, bro. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the first day, actually, the first day we went to the church, though, it was actually Max got up and actually told all the Maoris to come out the front because he he needed to, to repent oh. for the way. Your first day you went there? Yeah, yeah. And what year was this? Oh, it must have been 1999 or something. Okay. And, um, and I went, oh, man, maybe I meant to actually stay here, like, who, you know, who calls a repentance thing to the Maoris? <laughs> so all, all of these old, pa- every Sunday, all these old Pākehā people were coming and hugging me and stuff, and I'm going, oh, what? <laughs> and saying sorry to me and all this. Thing. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is pretty out there. <laughs> and that's when God said to me, see, these people are nice people, man. <laughs> So you need to stay here to learn to get on with them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so awesome, funny. bro. That's awesome.
mean, here's a very, a very broad question, but, uh, you know, broad several questions. So, you know, your experience of te ao Māori, the Māori world, and your experience of the Christian world, um, you know, what, what, what do you think, you know, these two worlds talking to each other, or, you know, if they ever do, or of, course, I mean, of course they do, but, you know, what do you think, say, what, what does, and from your perspective, what does the Māori world have to teach us? What are some, and, and on the flip side of that, what are some things that the Māori world might need to learn? And uh, likewise, what are some things your of your experience in the Christian world that can, uh, say, teach us, teach the world, teach Māori? And what are some things perhaps that the Christian world, from your experience, needs to learn. So there's probably like four or five questions there, but, you know, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. <coughs> right, so I, I um, after sitting in the church for a while, you know, a while and um, and still continuing to be quite strong and learning Māori thinking, yeah. I suppose. Um, and I, I have to say I'm quite privileged because I've had access maybe into a Māori world of thinking that uh, I know only God could have opened only God could have opened the doors for me to learn right. and have access to good good knowledge yeah. and things. And I ask her, "Why is that, Lord? You know, what's that about?" And he says, "Well, I need, I, I want you to begin to unravel." the ancient Māori stuff but through my eyes for the next generation and I don't think I've even kind of started that right, huh? you know so I I think that in Māoridom there are some a lot of values that we have like being close to land right. um, maybe close to understanding having some understanding of walking in the spirit mm-hmm. um, but also just simple things like hospitality Sorry, you don't necessarily, when you say walking in the spirit, you mean, you don't mean that in, in say, you do you do mean in Christian term, but you don't just mean in Christian term, right? You mean in, in a spiritual understanding of the world life. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose um, yeah. what we would term spiritual is kind of seeing things yeah, okay. in a spiritual way. Right. Um, or, or we'll see something. And you go, okay, something's going to happen. <laughs> You're like a tohu. Okay. It's a tohu. <laughs> we don't, you know. But, but God speaks in those things. It's just who we're getting our messages from. Yeah, right. You know, so, yeah. you know. Um, but things like manakitanga, um, and I think Māoridom has a certain formality in the way they uh, deal with encounters with people. Yeah. Yeah. And work with families and things like that. Everyone says um, that a lot of people would say that Maori dim doesn't have discipline or it doesn't have formality, but in actual fact, they're very formal. Yeah, true. Um, they have a yeah, lot of formality true. in in the way we treat people, the way we engage with people, why we we don't talk at certain points because there's a certain formality right, within okay. the household or somewhere that hasn't been done. So right. you know we're not as free. And are thinking about things until there are certain ways, just in terms of relating to yeah, people okay. that are done. You know, it's protocol driven. Right. I would say we're a people of protocol, right? 
and we don't like to be outside of those protocols. Yeah. Um, but right. we're people of hospitality, people of uh, loyal, yeah, loyalty, uh, and hmm. straight talkers. My wife always says, <laughs> "I always say, why? Why do you like Maldives?" <laughs> and she likes. She goes, "Well, because Maldives gonna tell it to you straight." <laughs> she she likes that, you know, because maybe the same ones aren't like that. <laughs> No, that's a bit more secretive, or maybe <laughs> I don't know. Um, and um, you know, so I think Christianity could learn a lot of things like that. Okay, I think a lot of the things that Jesus spoke about, you know, um, love thy neighbor, all of those sorts of things, go and mourn and weep for right. the, those in mourning, and all those right. sorts of things. Right. We, you know, that's who we are. Yeah, okay. We've got a certain way of expressing what that looks like. Yeah, okay. And um, hmm. that we can, I suppose that's just who we are. Christianity, I think, has got a lot to offer Māoridom. Um, and, well, salvation first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is you know, <laughs> eternity, it was one thing. Um, and uh, And just... <laughs> I mean, we're a people of genealogy, and um, and how things can unravel through the DNA of our people. We are, we have a really good understanding about that. Yeah, you know, whether it's blessings or curses or whatever. Yeah. Some it's kind of in our DNA to talk about those things. Yeah, but okay. most of the Bible talks about that stuff as well, and uh, that that is something I, I reckon is probably not taught as much uh, you know most of our people the older people in the 1860s 70s 80s became close to the Lord because they love genealogies and the right. Bible is full of genealogies right. and but the church hasn't I've never ever heard a sermon about the genealogies <laughs> in the Bible because people think it's boring but right. it's not boring to us right. you know right. so <clears throat> those are kind of things that um, that Maori people are can offer or who they are. Yeah. Um, I think the issue of um, this new word I found out called theogony. Theogony. So, so I think theogony is an issue. you have a theogony? <laughs> <laughs> and um, theogony what, is... What is a theogony, Brad? Theogony is... Uh, where's my cell phone? <laughs> I can Google it. <laughs> But it's uh, just take a moment, just Google theogony. Yeah, yeah. Theogony is really the um, the origins of the elemental gods. Okay. And how um, really like Greek mythology, oh, yeah. uh, you have the all of these gods and how they interact to bring about things that happen on the earth. Right. Right. And I, that's the same as most of us as indigenous people and Maori people that. We live inside a theogony, which is okay. not necessarily. Um, well, it, it isn't. It's it's a total op- opposition to theocracy, right? Which is God, right? Um, and uh, the triune God right. and the genealogy of that. We are adopted into that lineage, right? Is by through the sonship of adoption. Um, but it's a, quite a different system, 
And I think that that's a big issue that uh, Christianity um, or the God of lights needs to reveal to us how to come out from under theogony. Okay. Um, okay. Which is basically the uh, Māori gods okay. thing. That's a big topic, and I, I, I'd like to explore that on a, an, an, an another, in another talk with yep. you um, at some point. Um, because that's 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 huge, eh? Yeah, it's a big issue. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, what was the other question? So, what do you think God is well, talking, yeah, saying? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Another thing I was, you know, wanted to hear from you. You know, I've heard a bit about your story. You know about some things happening in the Maori world, Christian world, and how do we learn, and what should we learn, and stuff like that. But. Um, what what do you yeah what well, I guess what do you think what do you sense is happening or God might be saying I don't know if you, do you want to do you want to make that public or you want to yeah I think uh, I think God is saying I am for you not against you uh, you know I think God is I appreciate that Brett yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah Maori people kind of you know there is a rising idea that that um, the God of the Bible is a Pakeha God. Um, but I don't. That's not true, yeah. you know. So, but I think God is saying, "I'm a God. It's for your your people, not against you." Right. Um, I think. Um, I think God is hmm. trying, working in the realm of restitution and restoration, um, and it, you know. Man's mind and man's thinking is not God's thinking. So the way we think that's going to happen, not necessarily what God has in mind. Right. Um, right. I think righteousness and holiness is something he's speaking to us to be a lot more expression, living a, a holy life mm-hmm. more. And I think <laughs> listening to him, <laughs> like do what he says, <laughs> you know, it's not what we think. Uh, we should be doing and building and you know um, acting out right, right. Um, and I think land is a bigger issue the idea of sons of God and creation yeah okay okay I think those two things are very rarely spoken about in church sermons not that I not that I've ever heard too many speak about how we fit within creation. Yeah, right. Because most indigenous peoples, you know, they live with a view of being connected to creation. Yeah. But God does God does too. And, you know, the God, well, um, Yahweh and Yeshua yeah, right. have that same kind of connectability to creation that we're meant to actually live in. Right. I mean, dude, you've been telling me some stories of some of the mahi, some of the work you're doing at the moment in Te Papa, and you've 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 got the privilege of talking to some of the country's top scientists, you know, yeah. and and t- talking about creation a lot, you know. I mean, this sounds like you're what what you're working on at the moment in a way, but um, I mean, in the light of that, tell us a bit about some of that stuff, you know. Um. Well. Uh, Actually, it's two scriptures I would say that have been pretty sh- strong for me. And one of them is the scripture that says, you know, the church should manifest the manifold wisdom of God 
And then it says, to who? Two powers and principalities in the heavens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're going... Ephesians 3.10. Yeah, so what? what is that about? So we're actually meant to um, express the full wisdom of God to the spirit realm. Right, right. Well... And you go, well, man, how do you, you know, yeah. how do you do that? And what does that look like? And then the other thing, the other scripture is the one where it says, um, you know, that all creation waits for the manifestation of the manifestation of the sons of God. Right. And what that fully means. Right. And is a creation wait, waiting for us to get our act together so that it's its own state of perishing can actually stop. Right, right. So there right, is... That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, if you think about that, you know, because it's perishing through sin. Yeah, right. Then, and, but God's given us the job with him to actually bring restoration. Right. To, um, even to creation, which is actually perishing. So I sit in to Papa and listen to the scientists speak about climate change and endemism and the way water quality is is you know the um, the endangered threatened species how many species of uh, you know diversity actually are lost every year wow uh, and you sit there and go man I can see creation actually perishing right before me right in New Zealand right it's just perishing hardcore everything Right, well. And um, and we're not really even cognizant of it, you know. Let alone the church. Do you, you th- do you think? I mean, you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but on some le- on some some level, that is sin. Yeah, yeah. You know, but we we would never have we've cat- categorized it along with the Western world as progress. Right. But it's not progress. It's just something else, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's actually sin. Yep. Well, sin, from a scriptural point of view, way back in the garden, actually, started that perishing to occur. Not only in us, but in creation itself. But but I suppose um, humanity's perversion towards economy and money um, that is actually contributing to the um, the falling of creation actually right right through trade and <laughs> minerals and all this stuff and you go oh my gosh <laughs> oh I shouldn't laugh but it's a big thing yeah it's it's, it's a big thing Pretty huge, or the demand for the huya bird, right, right. You know, right. Um, everyone needs a huya bird, right. You know, so, right. Or we need the skins of this, so we kill. You know, even the elephants. They're still killing the elephants for their ivory. And I saw an article um, the other day, and and there's just dead elephants right across this this African landscape, and you go. What the, you know, you know, so um, do we have a responsibility 
towards that? I think that we do. I think God is speaking to us about that, but it comes down to our hearts being before God and in the presence of God. Because um, I think it's more than just souls of men at stake. Yeah. It's actually creation at stake as well. The soul of creation. Yeah, so I think these things God is talking to us about and the, the land... Because I hear a lot of things about people wanting to talk, you know, the the sound of the land, right. you know. And, well, I think the land is wailing. It's it's wailing, man, because of sin and iniquity that has not been washed clean. Hmm. Then you'll hear the joy, the true sound of the land, not the wailing of the land, hmm. you know, so... Man, do you think, you know, if, if as, uh, say, a Western church, if, if we haven't had the foresight to actually, you know, I mean, you, you know, you went back to Genesis straight away just like that, which you go, oh, my goodness, no-brainer, you know, when we're talking about sin. But, I mean, we haven't had the foresight to see that or call call what we do and have done to creation sin right i mean what what can like how from your perspective how can the maori world help us see that and create care oh well actually yeah so i'm working at tapapa at the moment which is a privilege really and the big message is how do we how do we as a people new zealanders care for nature well, should we even care for nature? Right. And if we do care for nature, how do we care for nature? <laughs> right. So it's right. it's not a it's a cultural question, but it's also a scientific question. Right. And um, I think Māoridom has a lot to offer in that field because our whole culture was based on being connected to um, the natural world in in a genealogical sense. So um, we have this connectedness. Whether we live it out, the way it's supposed to be lived out, lived out is a different thing entirely. Right. Except right. to say that I think our identity is wrapped up in in the land and in the um, biodiversity and the flora and fauna and the way the landscape actually um, manifests itself in New Zealand. I think our identity is firmly yeah. connected to that yeah. and I think that connection which is part of identity is something that uh, can actually teach the church Yeah, because okay. I think the church mainstream has separated itself from the natural world okay. and maybe that's a Greek thinking okay. uh, you know view yeah um Especially in the Pentecostal world, maybe. Yeah, okay. We don't really engage. Well, I've never really heard too many people engage with the natural world or even think about it. Right. As having, because we, we're taught to take dominion over it. Right. And I think a colonial thinking and a missionary thinking as yeah. well was we have the right to take dominion and exploit right. um, the natural world right. um, for the benefit of mankind. Right. And it kind of does say that, but probably more in a stewardship thing. Yeah. Um, the problem is yeah. that 
the people peoples of those lands that were considered wilderness yeah also got um dominated yeah because the indigenous people of the land were seen as part of the wilderness which needed to be dominated and needed to be um huh. uh, exploited wow to bring the land to its full potential right but uh, you know so behind that is a an economic drive mm. that basically destroys things. Wow. You know, so, um, yeah, it's a lot, lot to think about. That is a lot to think about, bro. Well, man, look, as, I mean, as long as I've known you, you know, um, you've actually been pretty passionate about creation, <laughs> you know, from... Uh, I mean, one of the first stories I actually ever heard you tell was of your auntie riding whales, you know. True story. Um, but, um, look, bro, I, it's, um, it's gone one o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's been uh, awesome to chat to you uh, tonight, bro. But um, any any final thought, man, um, about yourself? No, not really. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, kill the bread. Uh, nice to have you along here, and uh, we're going to hear a whole lot more from you because you are an enigma, a deposit of incredible wisdom and insight. Um, so, um, kill the bread. Kill the There we go, guys. That was Bradford Harmy. I hope you enjoyed listening to him and his insight with his own personal story and some of the things that he that is important to his heart. You know, we can't under estimate the importance for us in the church right now and within Christianity to truly grab a hold of a framework of thinking and a framework of theology that leads us into creation and not away from it. It uh, leads us into the natural world and doesn't separate the earth from the heavens because in Jesus they are one. And, the, um, and so that was um, some pretty cool insights from Brad. Look, uh, next week, uh, it's going to be my privilege to have uh, my wahine, my hoa wahine, um, Erin, my wife, uh, interviewing. And for those of you who don't know, um, Erin, um, Erin is the person who had the dream of the huia and the chicken, which is where we get the phrase huia come home from. Um, so next week, I'm going to interview her about that story and that process and what that's meant for her. And of course, um, because it's election day in the US and my wife is American, we might talk a little bit about US politics. Just briefly though, who is going to win? Um, who will wake up when you're listening to, by the time you're listening to this podcast, hopefully we will know um, who the next president of the United States is going to be, um, or not. Um, uh, kia ora koutou, uh, Na mihi nui kia koe. Thank you for listening. Um, and uh, uh, ka kite anō. We'll see you again next week.